Welcome to Making Your Impact, a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Making Your Impact. I am so, so glad that you are here. For those of you who don't know me, I am your host, Melissa Ike. I am a co-founder and the director of communications and development for a nonprofit called The Dragonfly Home, an anti-human trafficking activist, attorney, speaker, and writer. You can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's melissaeick.com. In today's episode, we're talking TV, specifically my top four optimistic TV shows on Netflix. These are shows that I watch specifically to help me stay encouraged. So why am I talking about this on a podcast about making your impact? Well, frankly, because making your impact is hard work and we all need a break. And let's be real, watching TV is an easy way to take a mental vacation. I personally am very careful about where I choose to take my Netflix mental vacations. I need them. I need these shows to take me to a mental place where I come out on the other side feeling like there's good people in the world that outweigh the bad, like there's still good work to be done and that it's worth doing. So you can see if you agree with my choices, maybe you will find a new show to watch, or maybe it'll help you cultivate your own list of shows that help you get to a good place mentally for making your impact. But before we dive in, it is time for our Instagram shout out. This week's shout out goes to Maddie McNeil, although by the time this episode comes out, she will be Maddie Smith because she will have just gotten married. I know Maddie through the Dragonfly Home because she has volunteered for us in practically every capacity possible as we serve victim survivors of human trafficking. She is embarking on her career as a social worker and has such a giving heart and is wonderful. So thank you for following the podcast Instagram, Maddie. If you'd like a shout out as well, just head over to the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact. Click the follow button and I may just give you a shout out on the show. Okay, so let's get into our episode. Like I mentioned up top, I am one of the co-founders and also the director of communications and development for a nonprofit in Oklahoma City called the Dragonfly Home, where we serve survivors of human trafficking. This is pretty much the primary way that I'm making my impact in life right now. This nonprofit is about three and a half years old, and my two fellow co-founders and I built it out of nothing. And if you have ever been involved in nonprofit work, especially pouring your blood, sweat, and tears into building it from scratch, then you know that it takes a lot of work doing this kind of impact. But honestly, no matter what kind of impact you're working to make, you know, you're probably constantly taking yourself outside of your comfort zone. You're probably making sacrifices in life to pursue that calling. There's just so much that goes into it. And the reality of making your impact is that it can be emotionally and psychologically taxing. That's one of the reasons that we talk about self-care, like real self-care on this show so much. We all need a break if we're going to sustain making our impact. And so, yes, watching TV isn't necessarily the best or the most recommended way to take our break. But I think it is reality for a lot of us 
that TV is an easy way to immerse ourselves in something other than the reality of life and just take a mental vacation. If I sat here and acted like I was perfect about self-care, which I've been pretty clear about, I'm not. But if I acted like I didn't binge watch TV sometimes on the weekends to take a mental escape, it would be completely disingenuous. You know, in the past few years, have I made an effort to engage in other forms of self-care? Yes, I have. Do I take steps to limit all the binging? Yes. But do I sometimes just lounge on the couch and mindlessly watch The Office sometimes without giving it any forethought at all? Yep, I sure do. The thing I've realized, though, is that even when I'm binging, quote unquote, mindlessly, I'm pretty careful about what I choose to watch. Everyone is different in this regard. Um, For me, I have to laugh every day in order to stay mentally healthy. You might feel great after binging something dramatic, but I have found I am totally serious about this. And I recognize that maybe it's a little bit silly, but it's true. I have found that after binging something like Mad Men or Downton Abbey, that I come out on the other side feeling super down. I like these shows. I think that they are great and important in their own ways. But if I'm going to watch them, I have to take it in small doses, even though they have hilarious parts like Maggie Smith as the Dowager Countess in Downton Abbey. She is hysterical and amazing, but it's just not the same as a show that really is built to make me laugh. Shows like these just don't get me mentally ready for making my impact. That's me. Uh, There's a time and a place for them for sure. But if we want to approach our Netflixing from a self-care perspective, then we need to think about shows that gear us up mentally for the work that we want to do after the binge. And hey, maybe for you that is Mad Men or Downton Abbey or I don't know, like CSI Miami or something like that. But these following four shows are ones that I watch for a couple reasons. Specifically, they stir up my optimism about the world and my faith in humanity. They remind me, as I'm working to combat the evil of human trafficking in my day-to-day life, they remind me that there are more good people than bad. They remind me that while there are people out there who seek to do harm, who seek to make this world darker, there are also a lot of people way more people who are specifically trying in life, specifically making an effort to be good and to do good. So not only do these shows depict those themes, but they also just make me laugh and I come away from them encouraged and in a better mental place for making my impact. So for each of these shows, I'm going to give a little synopsis while trying to avoid spoilers so I won't go too far into the details of the plots. As I go through these, please keep a few things in mind. Number one, I am simply sharing my own opinions about these shows and how they help me. I'm not telling you that you must watch all of them or necessarily recommending them because, number two, not every one of these shows may be for you. It might not meet your preferences. And number three, and this is important, these are not necessarily even my all-time favorite TV shows. If they were, this list would include The West Wing, Community, The Office, and 30 Rock, and none of those shows are on this list. These shows that I'm going to list are, they, they specifically make me feel optimistic about the world. So for me, they fall into this sort of unique niche. Although I will say, if you have ever listened to this podcast before, you may have a super solid, educated guess about one of the shows that makes this list that is definitely one of my all-time faves. So 
Hashtag foreshadowing. First up on my list is the show Shits Creek, which is spelled S-C-H-I-T-T. And it is a real last name, not just a joke. Shits Creek is the name of the fictional town in Canada where the show takes place. And it is named after the mayor's family. So a quick synopsis of the show, which I pulled from Wikipedia and added my own spin to. The wealthy Rose family, video store mogul Johnny, his wife and former soap opera actress Moira, and their adult children, David and Alexis, lose their fortune after being defrauded by their business manager. They are forced to rebuild their lives with their sole remaining asset, a tiny town in the middle of nowhere of Canada named Schitt's Creek, which they had bought for their son, as a joke birthday gift some 25 years, the Roses relocate to Schitt's Creek, moving into two adjacent rooms in a rundown motel. As the family adjusts to their new lives, their snobby, sophisticated, well-to-do attitudes come into conflict with the more down-to-earth residents of Schitt's Creek. One of the things I love about this show is the growth of the characters. So the main characters are these four members of the Rose family, and their fall from grace is very public, going from extreme wealth and being highly influential to moving into pretty poor conditions with as much of their Armani and Gucci brand, everything that they could bring with them. When it becomes clear that they'll be staying in Schitt's Creek for longer than expected, you see them start to develop the tiniest shreds of humility. And in their own ridiculous ways, they start to reciprocate some of the kindness that they're shown by the people of this town that they made fun of. They start to build friendships and romances with people in the town, and they realize that this might be the first time they've had relationships with someone who is real compared to the shallow, frivolous people they'd associated with in their previous life, all of whom dumped them when they fall, fell on hard times. They also start to build stronger relationships with each other. So the parents, Johnny and Moira, have an awesome and strong marriage, but there's distance between them and their children, and there's distance between the siblings, David and Alexis, but now in the show, they all actually need each other, and they also end up living on top of each other, and they really start to show up for each other in hilarious ways that are also, like, legit heartfelt. So you see, the show is so unique because you see them start to grow into truly decent people in Schitt's Creek. They invest in the town. One opens a business, one runs for city council, another attends school there. So they really start to make it their own. Another important aspect about Schitt's Creek that was very intentional in writing the show is the accepting culture of the town. Without giving too much of the plot away, I will just quote one of the creators of the show who also plays the character of David. His name is Dan Levy. He stated in a Vulture interview, we created a space where love and acceptance is paramount. We've watched the growth and comfort of people who outwardly live their lives and aren't in fear of being targeted. When you watch the show, the context makes sense for that. But I just love that the people in this show, the characters demonstrate showing respect and acceptance and true friendship, even if somebody is just different in all sorts of different ways from them. I feel like some of this sounds kind of serious, but I'm telling you, Schitt's Creek is hysterically funny and it is so, so clever. It is different from other shows in so many different ways. Like, it's just not like every show that you see on TV and it makes me laugh so much. So while it is heartfelt 
and has characters that you come to truly love and root for is a legit comedy. Schitt's Creek makes me feel optimistic that more people are taking on this view of the world, that everyone should be treated with kindness and respect no matter what, and that people really can grow and change. The second show on my list is called Kim's Convenience, and this is another show set in Canada. So I guess when I take a mental vacation, I head due north, apparently. Here's a quick synopsis of the show, which I pulled from IMDb with a few of my own additions. Kim's Convenience tells the funny and heartfelt story of the Kim family. Mr. and Mrs. Kim are Korean-Canadian convenience store owners in Toronto who have worked hard to give their now 20-something children, Janet and Jung, a better life in Canada. This show finds laughter in the trials of running a literal mom-and-pop shop while raising kids in a culture not quite your own. Oh man, I love Kim's Convenience. I discovered it over the summer. The writing is funny and clever. And in addition to the four main characters I listed, this show has hilarious recurring characters. Oh man, it's so good. Here are some specific things I love about the show that make me feel optimistic. One is that there is so much diversity on the show. It shows people from different cultures and backgrounds who interact with each other, just going about their daily lives. And while they don't always understand each other right away, everyone works to get to a place of mutual understanding. Some of the best interactions on the show are the customers who come to Kim's Convenience from different walks of life, and they have to interact with Mr. Kim, or Appa, as his family calls him. Appa can be abrupt and sometimes a little abrasive, but you see that he's really trying and trying to be good to people, and he's so endearing as he does. Another thing I love about it is the development of the characters' relationships with each other. One of the central points of the show is that there's a rift between Appa and Jung, who is in his mid-20s. So where the show picks up, it's been almost 10 years since they've spoken. And maybe in the most natural way I have ever seen on a TV show, Jung and Appa start to slowly, sometimes awkwardly, rebuild that bridge of their relationship. It is always a mix of heartwarming and just hilarious. Finally, it's really inspiring to see the development of the characters' aspirations in Kim's Convenience. As the kids move out of the house, you see Emma start to evaluate what she wants to do with this next chapter of her life. So she starts pursuing friendships. She's getting out to have more fun. She's getting more involved at church. And I think it's such a cool example of just transitioning into a new part of your life. Jung works at a car rental place where he starts to take his future more seriously. He starts working his way up in the company. And it's cool to see him really start to pursue his professional life and get a lot of rewards out of that. But then also, side note, his fellow co-workers at Handy Car Rental are some of the funniest characters in the show, in my humble opinion. Janet is the youngest, and she's a photography student. And you start to see her seek out professional mentors, build her clientele in her online business, and pursue opportunities in her field. Um, and so I and I love just seeing her at this stage in her early 20s and really like reaching out and and pursuing a life that is maybe not traditional, but kind of carving her own path. I will say that after I watch Kim's Convenience, I feel optimistic about how anyone anyone at any stage in their life can keep taking more steps toward their goals and setting new goals for where they are right now. I think it shows that 
it really is possible for people to forge a new path in life. Third on my list is the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. This show is crazy and bright and colorful. Tina Fey is one of the creators, and she definitely uses this kind of absurdist comedy that she's known for, like in 30 Rock. This show definitely has the quirkiest characters and storylines of any that I'm listing today. Um, It has a clear and definite message, though, with strong themes of overcoming adversity and trauma, pursuing dreams despite enormous and serious challenges, moving forward in optimism. And by the end of the series, it focuses on the message of preventing toxic masculinity by educating boys, girls, just all genders about treating each other like human beings. Those themes sound serious and they are but they are communicated there's no better word for it they're communicated with wacky characters they're wacky that's just the only word to describe it and so the characters arrive at their conclusions about these themes in the silliest just funniest ways so a quick synopsis which i pulled from imdb and wikipedia and put my own spin on when kimmy schmidt was in eighth grade a cult leader kidnapped her and three other women He held them in an underground bunker in Indiana for 15 years, telling them that the nuclear apocalypse had happened and left them the sole survivors. That's such a crazy and tragic plot to kick off a comedy series. But the rest of the seasons are about how Kimmy, in the wake of this terrible crime committed against her, carves a new path in freedom, learns about the world through her truly unique perspective, and eventually finds ways to truly process her trauma. It is incredible how this show depicts all of this while making me laugh so much. One thing I love about this series is the portrayal of resilience. So while the show portrays flashbacks to Kimmy's time in the underground bunker in a comical way, the reality is that she was a victim of repeated sexual assault in addition to so many crimes while she was in there. Nonetheless, Kimmy uses the strengths that she built during her captivity, things like leadership, standing up to her captor, physical strength that plays a big role in the series, and a certain like imperviousness to offenses. These are just a few examples. The trauma of her experience definitely forms barriers as she's trying to build her new life, but these strengths help her persist. She makes new friends. She gets a few different jobs here and there. She works toward earning her GED, and then she eventually finds help with a mental health professional who is played by Tina Fey. I also appreciate how Kimmy views everything in her new life that she's building for herself through a lens of gratitude. Even in just like the silliest, ridiculously crappy situations, she finds a way to be grateful and have fun. Her first apartment in New York City is actually a closet (laughs) in a basement apartment with a crazy roommate and a crazy landlord. But she is grateful because she's got a space of her own. Her first job is working as a nanny for a woman who is played by Jane Krakowski, who played Jenna in 30 Rock. And this was like a super wealthy woman who basically insults Kimmy all the time. But Kimmy is just respectful and kind. And eventually they become best friends and help each other out in different ways. Kimmy, just she just approaches people and situations with gratitude. She works hard and she's compassionate. She also stands up for herself in her own way. But Kimmy can find the silver lining in everything. And I mean, even science says that approaching life with gratitude can actually like rewire our brains in positive ways. And then finally, what I'll say is I just love Kimmy's journey. She starts 
really at the bottom, but constantly pursues a meaningful life throughout the show. She wants to make a difference. So as she learns more about the victimization that she experienced, she just takes step after step to help herself overcome adversity and then to help others overcome adversity. And then eventually she raises her voice to challenge the societal issues that contributed to what happened to her in the first place. You know, it's this is Tina Fey's way of writing. Practically every line of this show has some kind of joke written into it. Every line of dialogue has something funny, something quirky to it, but it's all so purposeful. There's a message underlying all of it. So this show makes me feel optimistic in its upbeat, positive, and really uniquely funny way of showing the main character overcoming tremendous obstacles to make her impact, to make her positive difference in the world. The fourth and final show I'll talk to you about is the one you may have guessed. It's Parks and Recreation. If you have not heard this podcast before, then I will let you in on the fact that one of the regular features of this show is the Leslie Nope Corner, where I feature a quote from Leslie Nope, the main character of Parks and Recreation, because she is my favorite, most inspiring, impact-making fictional heroine. So naturally, when it comes to shows that are fun and encourage me and make me feel optimistic about the world, this show is pretty much tops. If you are unfamiliar with Parks and Rec, here's a quick synopsis, which I took from NBC.com and added a little bit too. The show follows Leslie Nope, a mid-level bureaucrat in the Parks and Recreation Department of Pawnee, Indiana, and her tireless efforts to make her quintessentially American town just a little bit better. Her passion is to serve, but she also works hard to build her own career to serve in bigger ways. Of course, she works with a cast of quirky characters who sometimes seem to work in just direct opposition to everything she's trying to do, but she always stays the course and she makes, you know, small impact after small impact and huge impact after huge impact, just every level of impact. One thing I love about the show is that Leslie works hard to serve others, but she's also unashamed of having aspirations of her own. She knows what she wants and she goes after it, but she does so in an unselfish way and she maintains her integrity. Leslie might be willing to bend or break rules that stand in her way, but she owns it. She doesn't deny it. She doesn't cut corners or sacrifice excellence to get something done. And that inspires me so much. I also love that Leslie is so deeply committed to building up the people she loves. So as she works toward her goal, she does not become self-centered. She always stays focused on helping people in her circle grow into better people. The sometimes... The characters get tired of her constant cheerfulness and her relentless work toward a better Pawnee because they just don't see it. They don't feel it themselves. But eventually, every single one of them can't help but be inspired by her and see how they have moved toward pursuing their own dreams, thanks in some way to her and her encouragement. So, of course, this show makes me feel optimistic. The characters demonstrate how there are so many ways to make your impact, from helping those who are closest to us in our inner circle or in our greater community to taking on huge issues that affect a lot of people. Every level of impact is crucial for making the world a better place. And this show, Parks and Rec, really demonstrates that. So when I first made this list, I just thought of shows that made me laugh and feel optimistic about the world. But then after really thinking through it, it's like reasoning through why they make me feel that way. It was interesting because I realized there are a few themes. So in all four shows, you have a cast of characters who figure out their passions and goals 
and then work hard to pursue them. They don't get deterred by obstacles. They push forward and they take big risks. You have the theme of people overcoming their differences to work together, to support each other, often in funny ways. You see um, in all four shows a culture of showing kindness and respect to everyone and the importance of building real relationships. And then finally, one thing I love about these shows is, you know, every single one of them incorporates messages about larger issues that affect our world. And so the very creation of the shows themselves is a way that the writers, the producers, the actors, everyone who has a hand in making the show, it's a way that they are all making their impact. And that's pretty cool. So in addition to the feeling of optimism that all of these shows make me feel, I also come out on the other side of them feeling fired up and energized to press forward in the work I'm doing. So when I take this mental vacation, I come out better equipped and in a better place to get back into what I was doing before I took the mental vacation. You may have totally different shows, different types of shows even that fire you up. But no matter what, I think it's great to find an outlet like this that's, you know, like watching a TV show with purpose and intentionality. It's just an easy way to give ourselves the break we need while also helping ourselves stay motivated and inspired. So now, before we wrap up the episode, it's time for one of our regular features on the Making Your Impact podcast. It's the French word of the day. In the French word of the day, I will share a vocabulary word or expression in French, which is a throwback to my first professional life when I got my master's degree in French and taught French at Des Moines Area Community College. I figure why not combine my love for Frenchiness with making your impact? Today's French word of the day is intrépide. The word intrépide is pretty much the exact same word in English, intrepid. The definition, according to good old Merriam-Webster, is something that is characterized by resolute fearlessness, fortitude, and endurance. You often hear it in English paired with things like intrepid reporter or intrepid explorer, but I think it's used more often in France in everyday language. I like to apply this word to all of us, you, my impact-making friends who are listening to this show, because, listen, pursuing your calling to make a difference in the world is not for the faint of heart. It's not for people who throw in the towel at the first obstacle that crosses their path. It takes a willingness to press on, even when we may feel afraid or apprehensive, with a willingness to keep going. And also, if you go in a certain direction and it doesn't work out, it takes a willingness to pivot until we find the right direction. So if intrépide is characterized by resolute fearlessness, fortitude, and endurance, you know, we might not always feel that way. We might not always feel fearless. I know that I have not always felt that way, but it's a matter of pressing on anyway in making our impact. If you're in the midst of doing that right now, man, I know sometimes things just get tough. And I know sometimes we want to quit. And I know that sometimes things don't work out the way we expect. But I also know that we can take what we learn from those times and apply them either toward pressing on in the direction we're going or pivoting and changing direction. None of it is lost. None of it is useless. If you're going after something that you truly want, if you really feel the calling in your heart, then I encourage you to just keep taking one step after another. That's what it takes. And I'm, I'm speaking from experience here. But I will tell you that when you do that, 
You, my friend, you are intrépide. Has anyone told you that? In French, no less, before? I'm going to guess no. So this is a fun experience for both of us. So let's wrap up this episode with your question of the ep. Here it is. Do you have a list of TV shows that help you to stay inspired as you're making your impact? For me, it's shows that make me feel optimistic, but maybe for you, it's something different. Also, they might not necessarily be your favorite TV shows of all time, but they are something that help push you forward. I would love to hear the list of shows that motivate you. So leave your answer to this question in the post for this episode, episode 19 on the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact. Of course, if you have thoughts or questions or something you'd like to hear more about on the podcast or some feedback, you can email me at hello at melissaike.com or leave a voice message by clicking the link in the show description. And also, you can follow me personally on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching Melissa Ike, which is spelled E-I-C-K. On the next episode, we are going full Oprah in an interview with my friend and author Gary Medina. We got revelations, we got insights, and the first actual tears to be shed on the Making Your Impact podcast. It is a fantastic interview about not letting obstacles get in the way of our calling. As always, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Please subscribe to get inspired and remember that the world needs you to make your impact.